With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Greetings, baseball fans, uh, the majority of whom are likely tortured Cleveland Indians fans. Welcome to episode number two of the California Penal League podcast. I am Steve. With me, as always, for now two episodes, is Chris and uh, Fabs. Um, What up, guys? We are diving into dark territory for many, many, many Cleveland Indians fans. (laughs) Although, we're going to try and convince you otherwise. Uh, Today, we're talking about uh, trade scenarios and... It's just a fact of life with the Indians, okay? We're talking about Francisco Lindor, who 1 million percent will be gone (laughs) before the 2021 season. So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to make you pumped for it. We're going to get you excited about it. We're going to convince you that it's a good move. uh, If you don't already believe that, Uh, we'll probably dive into a little bit of the, you know, there will definitely be that Dolan cloud hanging over things. I'm sure it'll get talked about. Um, But Personally, me, I've got my bulleted list of reasons why I'm okay with it. I've talked myself into it over the years, but I want to get your guys' like initial thoughts on how you feel about the fact that he's absolutely gone. Steve, you're like my um you like bring me back to earth with it. I I get I for years I would get so panicked when I would think about the thought of Lindor not being an Indian for life. Uh because you know, announcers always talk about how he's the face of the franchise. You don't let that person go. Um, I mean, the three of us have lived through, I mean, we've had a pretty charmed existence in terms of like Indians fans. But when you consider our parents uh, and what they had to go through in like the 60s and 70s. Um, but just like all those years in the 90s where even like we had a huge payroll and it, it, we would lose guys like Manny Ramirez uh, Jim Tony, Jim Tony eventually. And it just, it, it always just really stung. We were always so close to winning a World Series. And after 2016, I know there was all the rumors uh, in spring training. Uh, they're going to resign him for like $100 million, uh, which now seems like laughable that you could resign any kind of star player for $100 million uh, with the Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, all the crazy deals we've seen. But I think I'm in a, a mental headspace now after a couple of years of talking to Steve uh, and him constantly reassuring me and (laughs) the Indians constantly falling short in the postseason that I'm okay with him being traded while I love him. It's just not there. Like they're, they're right now presently constructed. They're not good enough. So something's got to change and just what he would cost. And we're going to get into that. It's the the Indians can't do it. Fab just took the, the, the words out of my mouth. I'm uh, speechless because you, Literally, still everything I was going to say. Um, I'm so sorry. This, no, no, perfectly fine. Uh, it, 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 it comes down to the money. I'll start there. When when they offered him the deal and, and he turned it down, 
you know, the writing started getting on, was, you know, kind of put on the wall at that time for me. Um, as much as I wanted to be optimistic and, you know, in my heart of hearts, hope for something else. And, you know, just it wasn't going to be. Um, and, and Steve and I, we've had this discussion, you know, where unfortunately Frankie hasn't been Mr. Clutch, you know, probably really since 16. You know, that was the last yep. time. Yeah. 17 season, he was still clutch. It was, but it was the, those playoffs, you started seeing some warts and uh, they've continued. I, I still, you know, also think that the real face of the franchise, at least positionally, is Jose, but, you know, he doesn't have that million dollar smile like Frankie. Um, right. You know, and he's never been labeled like, you know, once you get the superstar can't miss yes. label. Yes. yes. Yeah. He was never, Frank, uh, you know, Jose was never a top prospect like Frankie. You know, I mean, uh, Frankie was a top 10 choice at what, at number eight in a loaded class. And, you know, that. He that won rookie of the year, right? No. No. No, he didn't. Uh, no, he didn't. Okay. He finished second that year okay. to, uh, let's see here, Correa. That's right. Because it was the big, okay. I knew it was, it was the big discussion yep. at that time of you know who's the shortstop of the future yeah. in the league, and I remember Correa got it over Lindor. So yeah, no, I mean you know, and then just to run through my initial list here, you know, I totally agree on the postseason. I actually looked at his postseason stats, and I think his worst series were both against the Yankees, so 2017 and 2020. He was actually pretty respectable the rest of the way. And then he had some like 2016 was pretty solid and he was pretty clutch throughout that run. And then in the 2018 series, he, I mean, they got their asses kicked, but like he <laughs> hit. So it's like, okay, whatever. So, but I've, but I felt like, you know, in the Yankees, in the two Yankees postseason series, if he had shown up, they probably win those series. And that's if he- sort of the sticking point. If he hits that one, that one home run that Judge catches six inches further, they win. Yeah, right. And I mean, it's hard to get you know get too down on him for that because like Judge made a great catch, and yeah, we still lost like one to nothing. In you that can't game help the fact that Judge is some freak seven foot right <laughs> fielder. Right, he's a monster, but he, he should be playing so, basketball. I mean, you know, it's not like anybody else was hitting that series, and. No. He hit 111 in that series in 2017, and then this year he in the two games he hit 125, which is like okay, it's eight at bats, but like I mean he was non-existent um, in those two games. Ramirez was he kind of disappeared, and he disappeared, you know, for seasons, um, you know, and, and, and in clutch situations too. Now I'm glad you bring that Last up. Season, uh, the uh, stat, the other stat that I was going to go into was. Uh, the last two seasons with running and scoring runners in scoring position, absolute trash. He actually, for his career, since he came into the league in what fifteen, respectable with runners in scoring position. He would waver somewhere between like two forty to I think one year he hit like possibly a, he, like hit almost three hundred, like two eighty something. He, he did. So um, he had some years where it was like absolutely clutch with runners in scoring position, and and really I think started to uh, have that superstar label that I, that I could buy into. And what I'll get to eventually is his increase in launch angle percentage coinciding with sort of these numbers declining. 
But uh, let's just take a quick look here for 2020. Uh, let's, let's go 2019. I'm going to look at his splits here. So runners in scoring position, he hit 202 in 2019, Jeez. which was pretty rough. And you go, okay, he's probably just pressing. He's probably thinking about maybe like the, you know, what's on the horizon for him personally. That must have really been the case in 2020 because I think we talked about this in uh, the last episode. He hit 167 with runners in scoring position in 2020. It was bad. It was and nasty. That's, that's compounded because he's the leadoff hitter. And that means we're somehow getting the garbage end of our, our roster and scoring position. And that becomes like just that becomes that much worse for the Indians when we already have a pretty thin like batting lineup to begin with. But then you get those seven, eight, nine hitters on base and scoring position. You're expecting when you turn over your lineup, oh cool, like we have our leadoff hitter. You can't be hitting like 202, 205, 165. That's that's just not acceptable as the guy who's going to command three hundred million dollars or two hundred fifty million dollars, right? No, and with I mean, the current with the with the payroll, they definitely can't do that. There's no way. And going along with that, it started in 2017 and increased uh, in 2018, and then it's been roughly around this area uh, since. But his launch angle was under six and under eight in his first two seasons. Since 2017, it's been over at least like 13%, his launch angle. And I think in 2017 or 18, it was like 14.7, which was like his highest. So, And that's when they started talking about it too. When that Yankees right. team, that was like all they talked about was launch angle. because all they And it's all the rage. I mean, home runs they, and strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, basically once the Royals went to their two World Series, the whole league just decided like, no, I guess that doesn't work. We're not going to try that. So... We're not going to just worry about putting balls in play. <laughs> we want to hit homers, you know, and that's an advanced stat that I like a lot because I think it's very telling to see what it does to guys. I think, I think this was Lindor's possibly his worst strikeout percentage year as well. And over the last like three years, I think it's like very obvious that he is Homer happy and that when he doesn't get it, he starts to press and you get into these yeah. really bad slumps that, bring down the entire team because it's very obvious that as much as I like, you know, as much as like Jose is fantastic. I mean, you know, you can just see it on the team in the team's demeanor. A lot of the time Lindor, when he's down, the whole team's down. It's a weird thing where like, I think they all buy into this label of as Lindor goes, so does the team. And there's like these weird slumps that the whole team gets in when Lindor is not hitting. I still think like the heart and soul of the team is Jose and he's carried them, you know, in spite of that. But it's just like this weird dynamic that just feels like it's probably run its course. It's been, it's interesting that you bring that up because I definitely got the feeling, you know, never heard it from any, any reporter or anything like that. But like you said, Steve, you know, when he was struggling, it, it kind of, it felt like it did wear on the team. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was that team, yeah, they, they wear their emotions on their sleeve, too. Like, you you know when it's just, they go in this rut. Like, this season, when they had that, like, eight game, it's, it felt like it was, like, a 10-week, like, losing streak. Uh, but they just, it, their demeanor gets completely changed during that losing streak. And, um, and like, in a 60-game season, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you cannot right? lose that. You cannot have a no. week like that. And he just disappeared. Like, he was nowhere to be found. 
Yeah, I mean, you'd think with like such a short season, everybody would be like super locked in because like every game meant so much. You have the expanded expanded postseason. Um, the positioning was like pretty crucial because you're going to get to host a home game. And really, the only matchup you didn't want in that first round was the Yankees. And surprise, right. they got the Yankees. I mean, I would have taken the Astros, even though it was like I mean, obviously. clearly, yeah, it was super obvious. Like the Astros were probably going to come to life at some point. I'll take them. I just feel like the Yankees always have the Indians number. Like it just, it just never yep. stops. Um, and I just think this team needs an infusion of just like some young, dumb guys who don't know like how serious everything is and like the stress of being in the postseason every year. Kind of like the Astros team or not the, the Nationals last year where they had a bunch of like young guys really like super clutch mixed with some great pitching. Just give like maybe that maybe that's the new recipe you need because it's just year after year we just get further and further and further away from 2016. Yeah, I mean 2016 was five years ago going into. I mean, you know, it's not working. There's going to have to be some changes. So we talked about um, we talked about like the Indians payroll. We talked. We're probably going to mention it at least once every episode um, because it's always. <laughs> It's that cloud that everyone talks about when if the if the uh, local sports media is talking about the Indians, it's going to be about the payroll and the Dolans. I'm not an advocate for the Dolans at all. But I, so my question is, so let's say Lindor, like, what do you think he's realistically going to command? What, 30 million a year max? That's the floor. The floor? Okay. 30 million is the floor. I just think of like the season that he's going to do the extension is where every team wants money. So I think he's going to be lower than we think. I think what'll happen is it'll be very interesting to see what happens with some of these big players because teams are going to hide behind the, oh, we lost all this money this year. We can't pay anybody this right. contract, you know? And, and, and you wonder if every team will like balk and wait it out as if there's going to be like, and it sucks, but like there's going to be this collusion sort of among the teams Next season, yeah, and next that, off season. And that could kill Lindor's trade value because it's like you're not gonna do the you're not gonna give up top prospects and like some starters unless you want to sign him long term. But you also don't want to, if you did legitimately lose money, you also don't want to invest $35, $40 million a year into somebody. You know, like that's a major commitment. That's gonna be a third of your payroll if you're spending like 120, 130. But okay, assuming he earns, like let's say he earns 35, 30 million dollars. Just make the math simple. Sure. If the Indians commit to an $80 million payroll, do you think they could field a good competitive team for $50 million, knowing that they're reserving $30 million for Lindor? That's my main math that I was always doing was like, like, let's take the Lindor chunk out of it. What can they, what are they realistically looking at doing year in and year out, trying to field a competitive team? And can they make it competitive for that amount minus the Lindor chunk? Well, actually, and, and that's actually a pretty good uh, exercise. You're looking at the team as currently constructed. You're looking at yeah having Lindor at 30. You're looking at having a vet pitcher, in this case, Carrasco, making, you know, 12. You're going to have Jose making, or, uh, you know, 14 for Carrasco, 12 for Jose. Uh, you know, but, you, but you've got Jose on the most ridiculous team friendly deal yeah. ever so done. 
And then you're going to have a bunch of guys, you know, filling out the roster. I mean, the only other guy making any sort of money on that team, this team this year, is going to be Perez making five and a half. Yeah. And Austin Hedges maybe makes a team. You know, there's those rumblings where, you know, can you carry two catchers making $8 million who are both light hitting defensive catchers? I say you can. I agree. That's the topic for Especially injuries. Like, yeah. I just don't think you do it long term. Like you can't, that's not a sustainable model for a team long term because eventually you run into the wall of there will be a long rebuilding period and you're stuck with. Right. Exactly. You're like, I I, I just want to throw that out there. No, I mean, it's a great, it's a great thought to throw out there. And then I actually didn't even think of it (laughs) the way Chris framed it, which was like, you're looking at it and the problem just becomes like, okay, well, you'll never sign anybody else ever. Like, there's, yeah. they'll never do it. And you'll lose all that pitching. Whereas now you might be able to lock up. I would say it's, it's, there's a, a decent chance that they could lock up Bieber and Savali and a couple of those guys, you know, buying out those arbitration years and maybe a year or two of free agency or Bieber just being a guy that does like the Kluber thing where he's like, yeah, sure. I, whatever. I'll stay here. You know, I like it here and moving is tough. <laughs> I mean, the I don't like and, packing. yeah, I don't want, I want to put up my, get my boxes out of the attic. You know, I don't want to do that shit. So there's, you know, or the, in the Jose thing where, you know, they knew they had something in them and so they locked them up right away. So there's way more flexibility in that $30 million, not just from like the financial standpoint, but what a drain on your team. Yeah. Just morale, over, especially just overall. If he's not, just perform- like, if he's not performing, he's representing like 40% of your salary. So I agree. But like, I, I was just trying to like put my self in the mental headspace of like, well, how could you justify doing it? And I don't think, I think you're both right though. Like, I don't think you can justify it because the thing the Indians have right now that other teams don't, they have the best rotation in the league. It's like, they definitely have the best rotation in the league. It's super deep. Beyond that, you know, their their offense definitely struggles. But Steve, you're totally right. They would never sign anybody unless they sold out every single game one year where they just got hot and like went to the World Series and got that like playoff money. They aren't signing anybody ever, like if they're committing eighty million dollars to payroll. It's it's a needle that they would have to thread. They would have to get lucky with these guys agreeing to below market deals, right? Right. And it's I like, mean, and, how much, how much longer gonna, can you do that? You can get a couple guys here and there. I mean, Carrasco realized with his injury history, he's like, hey, I'm going to take the money, and he's a hell of a value. Oh, he's so you know? good. I, I don't know. What you know, Jose, the 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 advice he was getting, you know, he struggled when he first came up. I mean, do we all remember when he came up and was playing shortstop that year? Yeah, everybody wanted to run him out of town. Now he's an MVP candidate. You know, he every took year, a, <laughs> yeah, every year he took a deal where they they saw something in him, and then he just blossomed. I mean, I, I guarantee if you had a time machine and you went back in time, you would go, hey, do you guys think this Jose kid's going to be a perennial <laughs> MVP candidate? The cornerstone yeah, of our five, franchise? 5'8", Jose Ramirez kid. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people in the front office would be like, okay, I think we're, what are you on? Like, and, but how many, and how many more times do you do that? 
You know, it's like it, it's catching lightning in a bottle. It's threading a needle. It's it's the, the planets aligning. It's all of those cliches. Yeah. Right. Well, also, like, so we were talking offline when it looked like the Indians were going to lose their GM, but now it doesn't look like it to the Mets. Uh, that like the Indians staying, greatest, baby. yeah, the Indians' greatest asset is their front office, and that's why you want to do this kind of deal. Just give them, just give them this ammunition. Just give them as many like darts or whatever. They're going to hit on more often than not. And that's how they build these teams. That's how they they seemingly always have pitching, even though in the last two years they got rid of they got rid of the NL MVP with Bauer. They got rid of uh, Clevenger, yeah. who unfortunately needs to get Tommy uh, Tommy John surgery. They got rid of a two time Cy Young winner in Kluber. Like if you if you say like if you would have told me uh, you know in 2019, hey by the end of uh, next year, you're going to have none of these pitchers. I would have been like, oh, so we're just completely rebuilding and tearing down. But no, we have one like the best or one of the top two or three best rotations because our front office is really good at this. So I, that's we still have that going for us, which I think is yep. always a positive, especially when you're doing these deals because every time you see those lists on ESPN of like best deadline deals, the Indians always occupy like five of the top. 50 or, or 25 like fleecings like only once or twice are they ever on there for like not like branding it's always brandon phillips it's always the brandon phillips trade is the only right. example they ever cite you know well look at uh the rays are a great example today the news came out that they were floating it out there that, that they're open to which is not a surprise but they're open to trading blake snell and that was the writing was on the wall there because he's expensive yeah. And he's a starting pitcher who is going to command a shit ton of money anyway, most likely way out of the Rays range. Totally, and yeah. he's been, I would argue, kind of a shell of himself since he won the Cy Young. Yeah. And he had a pretty good showing in the in the postseason, but I don't. I think he hadn't. I don't know if he's pitched in the, into the sixth inning in like a year and a half. So <laughs> there's obviously something going on there with that yeah. dude. And. Um, He's he has Phillies written all over him where they're going to spend so much money and just oh like, totally he wins yeah, like eleven rocked. games yeah he, his ERA will be five for the rest of his career. I'm I love him too. Like, I it like took him. so long. I am too. What, that what? I'm surprised it took so long for the for the Rays to come around to that. I mean they 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 got as they got as much as you could expect oh. with him where you took him to the, he took you to the world series. Yeah. And, I mean, you didn't win, but you got there and gave you a shot. Yeah. So it's like anything else where the writing's on the wall. And while the, I think he's still under contract for the year, it's done. I mean, it, sometimes it just doesn't pan out and you look at it and you say, we love the guy. He's been great for the organization, but what's happening currently isn't working. And we need to still continue to look to the future and it's best for both parties to just like uh, go our separate ways. And the only th- the only thing that's the problem here is there's the fan factor. Is that fans will lose their goddamn minds when Lindor's traded without oh, seeing yeah. anything beyond that. They're just going to be seeing red. So short, short of some team being super dumb and being like, "Here's, uh, we'll give you Kershaw, Gavin Lux, and." Uh, uh, Seagull, here you go, or Seager, we'll give you that. Short of like some insane deal where a team gets really stupid, you're right. Like they're right, they're going to lose their minds. That's a great segue into what we're going to do here. Uh, so we are going to do each of us our top five 
trade destinations slash scenarios for Lindor. And I'm thinking we do it this way. I think we go count down five, four, three, two, one, and we each do our our number. So we'll go okay. each of us do our five and then four, three, two, one for maximum suspense. I love it. This is dramatic. Let's go, baby. And, like or it. just like people will just be emotionally torn and de- devastated and won't be able to make it through <laughs> five more minutes of this. So, <laughs> so Chris, why don't you lead off with your number five? And wait, real quick, these numbers are like likelihood, correct? Well, we could do it. You could do it any way you want. I mean, we could, okay. we, I wrote it out as likelihood the way that I actually see it. Cause I mean, yeah, I could go Dodgers number one. And like you said, it could be like, oh yeah, they'll send me uh Bellinger, Lux and uh, <laughs> Dustin May. And, and Kershaw is the four prospects. <laughs> and what Steve's not telling you is this was a trade that he just pulled off in uh, the show. Not really. Yeah, right. I have, I have very won good. two World Series back-to-back in the show with the Indians. Oh, so <laughs> nice. The best is when there's a guy who hasn't signed anywhere yet, and so he's just a free agent, and you just sign him to your team in those games. I love when that happens. Oh, yeah. Like, there were years where, like, Manny <laughs> Ramirez was just, like, wide open for someone to take. So you're just like, oh, cool, I'll take him. Immediately be a 100-win team. Oh, Manny. Nice. All right, let's go. Well... Let me let me preface this by saying, without free agency really getting into effect, I do think that the front office uh, has some holes to fill, as we addressed before, which might play into some of these trades, the more I was thinking about it. But to start things out, my fifth most probable team that I could see the Indians making a deal with is the Braves. Braves are... Uh, and my reason for the Braves getting involved in the deal is youthful team. Um, they showed a lot this year, but I think adding a Lindor puts them over the hump, so to speak, and kind of augments that youth. You know, gives them a little bit, you know, of the older presence with the youth to mix in and jive. And they can talk about how much they love Dansby Swanson at shortstop. I'm not buying that. Right. I mean, he had a great year this year. I, I, I mean, I think if if Lindor's out there, they they look at him. They did lose Ozuna. They're going to lose Ozuna, too. And they're probably yeah. going to lose Ozuna. So, like, I mean, that that's some offense that you can definitely look to make up. My number one player that I'd want back in a deal would be uh, probably Drew Waters, their number two prospect overall. Outfielder, I think he would be something that the Indians would target. Hopefully, maybe, maybe the Braves would be willing to do it. And then I would ask for uh, Tassant from from who's in their bullpen or was yeah. in their bullpen last Tukey. year. Yeah, Tukey. Uh, he was a big-time prospect a couple of years ago. They tried to make and, him a starter, right? Yes, yes. And he just kind of flamed out, you know. he's He was on their injured uh, list this year, didn't, you know, didn't pitch much. But I think he could be, like I discussed last uh, time we spoke, one of those guys who could give you two innings out of the pen, like yeah. Cal Quantrill did this year. And the kid's got some heat. I mean, and I'm trying to be realistic with everything going on. You know, I'm not asking for Ian Anderson, their number one prospect, their pitching prospect, and Waters, and like it's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I think realistically, if we got those two, uh, you know, a failed ish prospect and 
a good prospect who's on the verge of coming here. I mean, I kind of, I kind of would jump at that. Both of those guys fill needs. So I like it. Okay. That's, a, that's a good one. I'm going to stop talking on that one. And no, I was good. I like it. All right. Fab, also get him out of the AL. <laughs> Yes, yeah, right. Yes, yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. Yep. I don't which, need him I coming know, back you know with his, like, beautiful smile. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, gets somehow, like, goes like the twins. <laughs> Dude, I oh, can't even. God, I no. would... Don't okay. even put that out there. <laughs> I want to uh, okay, say it's so impossible. <laughs> my number five, I did the Blue Jays. My rationale, uh, the Blue Jays are probably a, another year away, but they have a bunch of big, young, super talented dudes. Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Bo Bichette. They they need kind of a veteran, even though Lindor's like super young still. Uh, he would be kind of the veteran presence in the locker room. Uh, they can move Bichette to third. Uh, Lindor could could still play short shot, shortstop. Um, they get on him immediately gives them the second best offense in the the East, probably top five offense in the AL. And gives him kind of an identity, like a guy who is their identity other than just prospects. I think he helps legitimize them. Um, and you have the connection with Shapiro in Toronto. So maybe they do a little business. Uh, and then so with the Indians, they give up Lindor. Uh, and then what they get back, um, I would definitely, I think you got to include Jordan uh, Grishans, who's like their top, one of their top five prospects, third base shortstop. Um, and then either I had put and, but as I thought about it, it would never happen unless I think there's another year of control. Then I think it could happen. But either uh, Teoscar uh, uh, Hernandez, oh, Hernandez, yeah, who just mashes in left field, or Anthony Alford, who's like a top twenty prospect for them, but he like had a great year in AAA in 2019. So I want I want an outfielder, and I want maybe somebody to replace uh, Lindor. So if we got if we got Hernandez and Groshans, I would be super thrilled with that because Hernandez hit like 16 home runs last year in a 60-game season. Like, let me repeat that. 16 home runs in a 60-game season. Like, that's on pace for 40 home runs. Even if he doesn't keep pace, that's still our best outfield hitter in the last, like, 15 years. So that fills an immediate need. And then they would probably just get a stopgap. Unless Groshans might be ready to immediately get called up. You could put him in immediately at shortstop. And if he clicks, you got two starters and one of them is probably going to hit 30 home runs for you. So I think that'd be a sweet deal. All right. My number five is uh, the Dodgers. So this one's most yes. definitely more the most pipe dream team on anybody's list. I don't even know how feasible it is at this point because they now that they won the World Series, I'd say it's even less so. I know <laughs> because there's no there's no stress on them to like go out and try and make a change. They're like, oh hey, not only do we have one of the best farm systems, we also just have a World Series roster as well. So why would we do this? But I think it's still out there only because the Indians are in a bit of a tough place because teams know that he's going to be gone. So the Indians can't like ask for the farm here. But there aren't many teams that have an embarrassment of riches the way that the Dodgers do because I think with the Indians they need to get at least one major league ready player young in the, in a deal back. They have to a guy who's 25 or younger because they got to keep, they got to look for the few. The only reason, the only issue I would have with Tasker Hernandez is that he's 28 years old. And I don't know if he could be a cornerstone player for them or if they would see it as as much value as if, you know, 
why, why not? It's like if you were to go to Dodgers and say, just give us Gavin Lux, just trade us Gavin Lux and we'll just one for one. And it might make and they might do it because they are look because the Indians, to their credit, for as much shit as we all will give them, some of it very well deserved, they're getting younger each year now. So not only are they trying to get better, but they're trying to do it while also getting younger. And in three to four years, that's going to probably pay off. It's just that you're going to have to go through hard times like this and make tough decisions. But that's the kind of move that the Dodgers could make and do it without even like probably blinking because Lux might be like this super prospect, but the dude didn't even play this year. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) they didn't even need him. (laughs) So could you imagine the Dodgers being like, I know, Chris, you mentioned Seager is going to be a free agent at some, I think after what next year, uh, yeah, 21 in your notes. Yeah. So there's, there's a hole there. Turner's gone. Could you imagine a lineup that has Mookie Betts and Francisco Lindor? Like that's insanity. And, and Bellinger and, and Bellinger. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even mention him. So not to mention, uh, you know, all the other prospects that they have coming up. Too. Right. They have one of the top, system still and also just their pitching staff is unbelievable it honestly still makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers to do it I just don't know how feasible it is based on like what the Indians might be asking for because I remember this rumor was out there last year they were talking and the Indians I think balked at one of the deal uh, offers that Dodgers had thrown out there and I don't remember what it was but they have talked and so there's a connection there it's just that it feels like the most pipe dream option. So that's why it's number my number five. Man, would it kill the mood? Um, I know. I know. Are we going to do a snake draft? Is Steve going to do his four? Okay, yeah, well, all right, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah do right. that. Mm, mm, let's do this. All right, so uh, my number four is actually the Blue Jays. So Yay. the Mark Shapiro connection can't be discounted. Everybody knows that and has thrown it out there as like, yeah, it could happen. But my problem with the Blue Jays is that I don't see major league talent. I mean, I know you mentioned Hernandez, which like, yeah, that definitely would track. But I don't see because they're such a young up and coming team that it. I find it hard for the Indians to look at their roster and say, what can they give us that gets us where we need to be now? Because the Indians can still contend and they know it. It's just how do we retool and still have this all make sense? Cause like you've said, it's like the pitching staff is as good as it is. They're going to be in the playoff hunt this year and next year. It's that good. So I just, I don't see anything that the blue Jays have necessarily that like wows me at a major league level. And then also from everything that I've read about their farm system, it's good. It's got depth, but it doesn't have a ton of like stars that are coming up into the system. And so I don't see much of an upside for the Indians to like be like, sure, Toronto will make you better, but like, what what do they bring us in return? Other than maybe it being like literally five prospects, like that would be the only thing that I could see that like making sense. But I don't, but I don't see how the Indians get better in like twenty twenty one with that trade. Yeah, I think if you're going to deal with the Blue Jays, it's going to be more of a quantity over quality. Yeah, that's that's fair. My number four, we got another team out here in Los Angeles, actually in Anaheim, which is very far from Los Angeles. Uh, the Angels. Um, <laughs> they lying okay, to so us? They, <laughs> they've been lying. So the Angels, 
they have probably one of the top five players of all time on their team. He's made one playoff appearance with Mike Trout. I know they did. Uh, they just got run down for that long deal. Uh, Otani's had a bunch of injuries, um, but they they are just ever since they won that World Series in what two thousand two, um, they haven't they haven't really done much, um, and they're really wasting the talents. They're spending over three hundred million dollars on Mike Trout. They have the money. Uh, I think they they need another another guy. They don't really have anything defined at shortstop. Um, that gives them four guys who can just mash the ball all day, every day. Then they obviously still need to fill in pitching. Um, so my idea was to uh, give them some pitching in addition. We would give up uh, Savali, who I'm not super sold on still, and give up Lindor. Uh, we get David Fletcher just so we have a dude who can like play short. He hits for average, and he's like a good defensive shortstop. But he hits over 300, but just does not hit home runs. Uh, Brandon Marsh, outfield, he's their top prospect. I He would have to come back. Uh, and then Jeremiah Jackson, who's a top five prospect. And the idea here is you give up, you give them a thing that they need so desperately. Well, two things. You give them Lindor, but they also need pitching so desperately. And you get two fo- top five prospects, uh, one to replace Lindor and one in a position of need who can probably step in starting next year with Brandon Marsh and outfield. So you're essentially getting two two starters for 2021 with David Fletcher at shortstop. So you don't need an expensive uh, free agent option. Uh, you have your guy waiting in the wings with Jeremiah, Jeremiah Jackson, who could probably come in in 2022, maybe 2021, but probably not. And then you have Brandon Marsh. So you're getting basically two starters with Brandon Marsh and David Fletcher. Uh, one of them is their top prospect. And then you get uh, a top five prospect in Jeremiah Jackson. So that would be my, and I might even move that after you've made your argument about the Dodgers, I would probably move that higher on my list in retrospect, just because the Angels, they have the money. Uh, because the other thing, we need to consider, and I think everybody's list does consider this, is wherever he goes, the teams need to be able to pay him $250, $300 million. Like, it's not like we can make a deal with the Rays. Yeah, to get like a bounty of their amazing prospects because the Rays are never going to spend that money on, on him ever. So it makes it very challenging because it basically limits, like there's going to be a lot of overlap because it limits it to like five to 10 teams and you're not going to trade Lindor to the White Sox, like you just, even though they might offer you some insane deal, you just can't do that. Like fans will be mad. Fans will lose their freaking minds if you're like, oh, we're going to give the White, we're going to give them to the White Sox. We get to see him 25 games a year. Also, the uh, Angels Pujols contract comes off the books after 2021. Oh my God. Oh my God. So they're flush. (laughs) They are. That's like 20, 20, 25 million dollars right there. I'll swap that deal out. Oh, yeah. All right, Chris, give it to us, big boy. So my number four team is actually the same as Steve's. It's Toronto. I get it. You son of a bitch. I uh, I swear I wasn't copying your notes. <laughs> I even numbered them. Dude, I, I, I you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't copy your notes. I promise you this I was know. all done on my own accord. <laughs> um, but my reason for them is as much like what you said before, too. They're a young team. You know, I, I kind of likened it to the Braves, you know, the same exact situation um, where it was like, yeah, you know, they got a lot of young players. This could really, you know, adding Lindor could put them over the top. I hear what you're saying about Hernandez. He's 28 years old. Uh, he would be a guy I'd still take back. 
Gary L. Jr. is another guy. He's 27. Hasn't played a full season, but you know this year he did play 58 games. So that was pretty <laughs> much a full season, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes. <laughs> outside of this year, his time has been more of a platoon player. I mean, he's a tad bit younger. We love platoon outfielders. Oh, that's do what we, we ever, do, dude. We've loved platoon out. We we made platoon outfielding cool. <laughs> Pitching I like David DeLucci and Jason Michaels, baby. That's yeah, how far back yeah. I go. We, we go back to like the the glory days of, uh, or the beginning of it, I should say. So one of those two guys I would start with. Um, Steve brought up a great point. There's no one in their minor league system, especially at positions that we really need, that excites me. So the guy I would also kind of ask for, and from what I've read, they kind of maybe would be open to trading if the right deal came along, and fingers crossed this would be the right deal, but it's Biggio. Um, yeah. It sounds like they're, you know, they don't want to move Guerrero Jr., and they'd be stupid, personally, I think, to do that, or Bichette. I think Biggio is like the one guy that could be had in the right deal. So, <laughs> Can you imagine if, if they move Guerrero Jr.? <laughs> Hey, crazier Dude, things mean, have happened, right? You know, but like they, he had a kind of a rough year. He did, he did. But have you seen him? He lost a ton of weight. He was so good. Season. He actually did you see Zion too. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, those two dudes hit hit the the weight room big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, back to the Jays. It's they don't excite me a whole lot with what they could offer. But you guys both covered it. You know, there's there's the familiarity there with Shapiro and and company. Plus, they could obviously afford him, which yeah. When doing this exercise, is kind of that's the that's the hundred million dollar question of who can afford him and who can give us anything for him. Um, yeah, right. Which, if you're listening at home, made this a little bit harder than it really was. It did. I mean, yeah, you're basically you automatically like cut out like 24 teams <laughs> when yeah. you think about it. And then there's like there's like four or five teams where you're like, yeah, he could go there, but I don't want him going to the White Sox. I don't want him going to the Yankees. And they I just don't want do him it. going. Well, the Yankees they would, but yeah. Anyway, but, all right. And uh, so snaking back up to my number three team. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers. All right. Hello. I'm a little bit more optimistic that the Dodgers would make the deal. And I I'm good will with tell that. you why right after this commercial break. No, I'm joking. Um, Casper Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> um, Turner comes off the books this year. That's That opens up third base. And why that's important is because you mo- move the uh, World Series MVP, Corey Seager, over to third base, and boom, for like, now you for have a shortstop for a year, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they work out a long-term deal. But the Dodgers only have $51.5 million on the books committed in 2022. Everything's coming off the books for them here soon. That seems impossible. Wow. It, it's not. Well, because Bellinger, Bellinger's earning so little money. Bellinger's earning so little metal. The only people earning money on that team are Mookie and Kershaw. 
Oh my god, that's you're crazy. totally right. Everything comes yeah, off the Walker books. Bueller's not earning anything. That's so smart. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, you've got and a former raised you got a former raised GM running shit over there. So yeah. I mean, of course everything's lining up nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's it's and it makes perfect sense for them. Could you imagine, like you said, you got Betts and Lindor on that team with with the with the pro- if half if, if heck if if a quarter of their prospects hit that team is flush and not missing a beat for the next decade. As and, an yeah. LA so, resident, that would be really fun to go watch. Like it's enticing, as base, dude. As a baseball fan, that would be yeah, fun to yeah. watch. I would I like to up. watch that. Yeah, I would enjoy I'd, watching I mean, that team. I would go into work with like my eyes half open because I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning watching Sunday night baseball when it was, you know, the Dodgers and Rockies or no, let me scratch that. Or the Padres Padres and Dodgers for the next four or five years. I'm staying up and watching those games. Those games would be so fun. Yeah. He's just like flipping his bat in the air. Yes. Oh, just gorgeous. Yes. Give it to me, like an NLCS in like two years with the Padres and Dodgers. Yes, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Now, here's where it's all doom and gloom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you get anything more than Lux back. It might be that one for one, like you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I I might do some. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really tempted to do it straight up, man. I am too. I mean, I was. I went through their. Their prospects, their top prospects, they got a kid, um, DJ Peters. I've heard his name a couple times, uh, outfield prospect, and he's their 11th ranked prospect. Did a little more research, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe he kind of just is another just toss-in player, ultimately down the road, but it's a little bit more than looks to satisfy some of those uh, casual fans, I guess, who would be flipping losing their mind if all we got was Lux. They're going to be like, what? We got this prospect for Lindor, but yeah. hey, I would take it. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean they will yeah. be limited. I mean, teams know they have to trade him. Yeah, I mean, it's the ball is not in our court, really. I mean, Also, the Indians, like, they made a misstep. Like, do the trade before the weird 60-game season. Like, you're going to get an extra right. guy or two. I know it was probably difficult to pull off, yeah. but this would I mean, have been the year to do, do it when it. nobody was there. Yeah. Like, it would have just, like, people would have forgotten about it, honestly. It would have been like, do it on a year where no one can be at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Because if any of the guys you, like, you trade for three or four guys, if any of them has a good year, then automatically it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm excited to see these guys. They, they Yeah, they lost to the Yankees, but, you know, like, we're going to have a, a bounce back year. You got these young guys coming up. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Because now it's you get one year, and you have to basically confirm that he would want to sign long term there. Like they're gonna have to almost figure out a deal before the trade happens. It, it has so a, it it has a uh, kind of like an NBA sign and trade feel to it. Definitely, where you gotta go. You know, hey, you gonna would you be cool going to X city and you know committing to them? Yeah. Are they allowed to do more NBA type trades where you can trade like because you, you never hear about draft picks being traded? Oh yeah, you can do you could do the at least international money. Okay. 
Tossing um, okay. some international money. Number three for me is the hated Yankees. They have the money. They're annoying, but they also have something we could get back uh, that we, we, I like to think we at least this guy temporarily to them to help us get to the World Series. They, Lindor would be an immediate upgrade at shortstop for them. I mean, he's, he's a star. Like, I know the Yankees already have several superstars. He would be right up there with Aaron Judge in terms of stardom. Um, he has a million dollar smile, probably a $300 million smile. The Indians are one of a handful of teams who could definitely afford to, to sign him long term. Um, what we would give up, Lindor. Um, I would ask for Clint Frazier back. Um, <laughs> so weird. What a weird I know, it's super turn weird. of events that would But be. then we could tell him, hey, you can grow your hair out again um, oh, and get yeah. some of your powers back. Uh, he yeah. gives us an immediate. Uh, right fielder, we're good at right field then, theoretically, assuming he plays well. And I would try to ask for Kyle Holder, he's their, uh, one of their shortstop prospects, to fill that void. Um, but yeah, I mean, we honestly might, it might be the same thing if you guys are talking about the Dodgers, where we might just get Clint Frazier back and like, that's it. Because Oof. the Indians, I mean, that's pretty gross to think about, but <laughs> yeah, the Indians are going to have a lot of options. They're like we've said a bunch of times, they there's like five to seven teams they can even deal with. And the Dodgers might just immediately be like, no, we're good. We just won the World Series. We're going to resign our guys at, at uh, long-term at, at shortstop, and we're going to resign Turner at third. So, I mean, you might yeah, immediately yeah. lose. Corey Seager, like, crushes it in the playoffs. Right, yeah. So it's so like, yeah. well, why don't we just try, Why don't we just sign him? <laughs> so. I know. That was the, literally the worst thing that could happen for the Indians. Uh, and Steve and I were talking was, well, if the Dodgers win, that really hurts the Indians' like ability to trade for Lindor. And if Seager just goes out of his mind, which he did, that crushes that possibility. But yeah, you know, there's still a chance to have that insane Jeter A Rod minus the Roids uh, left field <laughs> of your infield. But okay, Steve, what's your number three? All right, so my number three is one I actually don't think either of you guys had. I have the Reds. As my number nice. three, um, okay. I think there's a lot of things working in that trade's favor. The Reds had the worst offense in baseball in 2020, and if that playoff, if you want to call it a playoff series against the Braves, showed it's that they <laughs> desperately, desperately need a guy, yeah, to like carry that offense, and. Nobody tell them what Lindor hits with runners in scoring position because I think we can make that trade. It's still an they're upgrade team, for them. Well, that's the thing is like they're great because they're like a team that's on the cusp, but they're not so young that like they don't have anything available. They they have a great farm, a pretty good farm system. They got a lot of prospects that are like right there. I know like that catcher Tyler Stevenson just came up and he I think he raked in 2020. I don't know if he would be open to any other position, but I mean, I would take another catcher, I guess we'll figure it out. Nick Senzel's name is always thrown out there and he hasn't really done anything at the major league level when he's given, been given the opportunity, but that actually may work in the Indians favor in that they could maybe make it work where they get something extra beyond that. Cause Nick Senzel's name isn't like the show stopping name that I think it was. So he could almost be a quasi reclamation project, which is really weird to say for a guy that's like, what has he had a total of, uh, he's had a total of 445 at bats in his 
career so far over the two seasons, he hit 245 on base percentage, just over 300. So it's like, yeah, you know, there's really not much there that I've seen, but I'll be our three hitter. I mean, I'll take him. (laughs) Yeah. So, and you know, he plays a couple positions, I think. So we do like versatility. Yeah. We like versatility. I actually think the Reds of all the teams that we're dealing with would give us the most value in terms of the amount of players that we would get in return, weirdly enough. And if they do re-sign Bauer, their rotation is so freaking good that mm-hmm. all they really would need is that bat. And if the middle of your order is Castellanos and Lindor and like the whatever you get from Vado the rest of the way, and they do have some other pretty good hitters on that team, I I do that deal. And he goes to the NL and we don't have to see him ever again for dude. I like that know, every three or four uh, so I, fun. Well, then I think you just well, have to the, send well, the, Ohio, the, the, the Ohio Cup. The Ohio Cup suddenly, yeah, that's right. right? The Ohio Cup still it suddenly becomes a, a huge thing. Actually, so you have to see actually him four, might balance out. Yeah, four times a year you have to see him, and then who gives a shit? So uh, I can live I like, with four times. Yeah, I could do that. Two times at home. That's it. So I, that's my number three. Um, the Reds. I do think they're a legit possibility. I know they're des- they are desperate to get to that next level. They're a team that just seems like. They're like absolutely trying to get there. And especially uh, in that division, that man, that division is going to be up for grabs. Like the it's Cubs a time are, to strike. Yeah. yeah. The Cubs are fading. Pirates suck. The Brewers <laughs> took a step back. Cubs yeah. are taking a step back. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals aren't going to, they don't scare anybody. I mean, but they'll still you know, make the NLCS next year somehow. Oh yeah. For the next like seven years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. My number two is well-trod territory. Uh, my two is the Yankees for the same reasons. It's the Yankees, man. Like you, you do not, whenever there's a player with like, that's going to command this price, they get included in the conversation. Uh, they were in the conversation. I even think with like, no, they, they shut the door on Bryce Harper. Actually. I remember, but I think they were, they were in on like a few other guys who've gotten like huge deals including the guy they signed Stanton. So it just makes sense that they would do it. And Clint Frazier fills a giant hole, which is hilarious because (laughs) (laughs) could have avoided a lot of problems if he was just here, but then we wouldn't have had Andrew Miller. So there you go. Um, But you know, so maybe he comes home, we get the fro back, we get, we get the red haired Oscar gamble look going. That would be sweet. And he, I I think he'd go full caveman. If he oh, came yeah. back, like he would not shave Johnny his Damon, face or like, Yeah, it yeah. would be <laughs> sick. It would be disgusting. All right. I so like Clint it. Frazier, also I've seen, I've I've heard deals that get me excited that include like Miguel Andujar, the third baseman who has had some injury trouble, but hits. Like, Dude, I'd take that. That'd be I, awesome. I liked yeah. him. It um, seems like they've just, they're just ready to get rid of him too. Yeah. Well, they got, it, it seems like they're waiting for someone to call and say, <laughs> we yeah, want Andahar. Yeah. Right. Like, He's involved in every rumor. So, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll take him off your hands. Like, I know he had the, I think he had like a shoulder thing, but the dude rakes. And if you gave me Frazier, Andahar, and a prospect, yes. Because all of a sudden I've got two. That's the that is the deal I would say honestly that gives me two immediate opening day starters in the middle of my lineup and that totally. is something no other team can except my number 1 can give you if but I don't know if my number 1 would do it the Yankees they just they're Dude, always like blinded Steve, by the star power your number 1 and my number 1 would definitely do it 
Yeah. They're, I mean, come on. (laughs) They're so dumb. I know. Um, I know. (laughs) I think everybody probably knows this. So dumb. (laughs) Okay. So my number two is Dodgers. I mean, it would likely be straight up Gavin Lux trade. Um, I put maybe getting Brett uh, DeGuise, who's a like relief prospect, who's pretty good. Bullpen help is always, always good. But yeah, I mean, all the, I I won't spend much time on this. All, all the things we talked about. Um, it's, it's unlikely, but you know, and, and that, uh, Chris's stat about their, uh, in 2022, what their payroll is going to be makes it, I think, a little more possible. Cause for some reason, I just assumed Bellinger was expensive. I forgot all these great guys they have are still in like arbitration, um, or pre arbitration. So, there's a chance. I mean, I know the Dodgers make so much money. They have the largest stadium and and baseball. They make billions of dollars off their freaking parking lot. Um, their their deal with Turner uh, is the biggest in baseball. So they have the money. They just. I, I know it was a shortened season. I know everybody lost money, but um, they're going to make the most money next year and the year after that and the year after that. So if any team can afford it, it's them and the Yankees. And the Dodgers, you know, they have an embarrassment of riches. Like at some point, they're going to have to give up Gavin Lux for something because they're, or they're going to re, because they're going to resign Seeger or trade for Lindor, in which case Gavin Lux won't be there. Like, so you, you might as well add like a top 10 to 15 guy in the league because uh, you have the money to pay him. So that's why the Dodgers are my number two. So my number two. And actually, uh, my my logic is uh, I'm going to stay in the uh, Southern California area for my number two. But did you, uh, you did number three? I did my number three. My okay. my number three was the the Dodgers, and I'm just going to go a little bit inland for my okay. number two to to another dumb team. Um, <laughs> speaking of dumb teams, the Angels. <laughs> that's why they make the deal, right? They're just dumb. No. Yes. No. I mean, pretty well, much. That's yeah. that's like ninety percent of why they do this deal. Literally get dumb. no pitching. Like they're just going to keep like, acquiring. They're just gonna, they're just going to be like, hey, it worked in it worked in Cleveland in the nineties. Oh wait, it didn't. You know, by having hey, love the guy, but Chuck Nagy is your number one. Mm. Oh my god, El Presidente. Yeah. Uh, El Presidente was like thirty nine. <laughs> Earl Hershiser was like forty two. I um, love Earl I mean, oh. I mean, they they oh. were not they were not who they were when um you know. They uh, earn those nicknames, yes. of, you know, Bulldog and El Presidente, <laughs> respectively. Um, no, but the Angels are such a dumb team, first and foremost. Yep. I guess with this deal, I would be willing to also toss in a prospect, possible a pitching prospect, possibly. Um, I'm not going to break the bank. No Tristan McKenzie's. No, you know, Savali's. No. I mean, no you have Nick Sandler. Maybe, maybe, maybe Eli Morgan, who was just added to the uh, the forty man, would be a guy I'd be willing to give up. You know, maybe uh, a Jeffrey Rodriguez type, uh, Adam Plutko type, I'd toss in just to kind of oh yeah, the wheel, so to speak. Okay, yeah, yeah, Plutko's good. I mean, nothing that's gonna excite them. Plutko is definitely an Angels dude. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they seem to like to take our guys um, too, who would you know, make them a fourth, fifth starter type out there. Um, but uh, they, they need to get the, they, they need to get Mike Trout. They need to do right by Mike Trout, I guess is what I'm getting at. They need, I, they need to, you got, you got Rendon out there and you got uh, Joe Adele. Who else do you have surrounding Mike Trout? 
I mean, they lost Simmons or, you know, the shortstop. So they have that need at shortstop. I would definitely ask for Brandon Marsh back. Like that's where I'm starting and kind of just going down their list of other guys. They have a middle infield prospect, uh, Jemai Jones, mm-hmm. who's in their top 10, who, who from some scouting reports that I was reading kind of sounds intriguing. Sounds like he could be a big ready, uh, a big league ready guy. And maybe, maybe this year, if not this year, then, you know, we're looking certainly at, um, the 2022 season that he would, you know, be on the doorstep. So, I mean, again, it just kind of comes back to what I would realistically expect. And if you get in there, number one, I, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not, not going to ask for a whole lot more, I guess, because yeah, as we've at, at nauseum have explained the whole situation there, but uh, yeah, the angels, they're just, flat out dumb and <laughs> <laughs> it'll be nice to please him I, you know yeah i mean what else can i say i i, I guess i i guess i've we, we've circled I would around say, that yeah I, I would say though if i were doing anything with the angels i'd ask for joe adele though I'd say, see I, me- I i would i would i and that's where i was i was kind of going back and forth with that and, and he did struggle this year he didn't you know yeah. he didn't just hop right in and and mash so I, 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 there is a part of me that does think that he could be had. I don't know if maybe if it maybe they're kind of more hesitant to add anything else other than like a lower prospect at that point. Mm-hmm. And I guess with my trade deals, I was trying to look for um, immediate to immediate ish, and by immediate ish, twenty twenty two returns. Yeah, and I, I just don't see him giving us Adele and someone else who would contribute before. Uh, 2026 to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, right. you know, yeah, like, right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Adele is a guy, but I, I think then you have to take your too. expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Super I mean, young. Super young. So it's not really all that crazy that he struggled. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, baby. They, Let's go. They need to do butt right by Joe or yeah. by Trout. Well, they don't seem to ever be able to do that. So. No, it's not no. gonna happen. And Dude, they have not had pitching in like 15 years on that team. No, they're not even it's close. Like Jared Weaver, it's like their last good pitcher. Oh, that's, and that's uh, Mike, so Mike Lackey though. or John Lackey. Sorry, John yeah, Lackey. John Lackey. So, so accurate. Dude, I mean, Chuck Finley, <laughs> Anaheim days. Yeah, they are not even close, and it's super sad. Dude, no, that's they should be. Sad. They should be. Yeah, you have Mike Trout, man. But like, but see, again, the Angels are a pretty good example of what would happen or what could happen to the Indians if they were to say they signed Lindor to the Mike Trout Albatross deal. They you are a just cautionary be the Angels? tale. Yeah, yes. you just want to be the Angels and just hope to God that you keep drafting well. I mean, actually, the Angels serve as the best possible cautionary mm-hmm. tale of what could happen to the Indians. And they don't even have anything close to the money that the Angels have. So, like, you really no. think that that makes sense? No, no. I mean, you're not going to sign Rendon to go along with Lindor if you're the Indians. Like, you're no. not making that type of deal. It's going to be Lindor and a bunch. It's the uh, just like the Motor City Kitties and yeah. uh, Miguel. It's going to be you know Frankie, fr- Frankie, Frankie and the Clippers. And the Clippers. <laughs> it's gonna be, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Or um, not? No, uh, not a Motor City Kitties. Uh, Miggy and the Mud Hens. Miggy and the Mud Hens. Yeah, 
Yeah. So anyway, all right. What's your number one? All right. My Let's number go. one is another dumb team, if you ask me. And I hope they're not listening. An, <laughs> we were about to all get front office jobs with them. That's how dumb they are. Yeah. Or yeah. they were like, well, they let's, were like, the, let's do this deal. These guys, these guys know what they're talking about. Um, so I'm going to do this deal right after I listen to this podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the New York Mets. Um, oh, yeah. They got the, they got, they got the new owner. And, and hey, you know what? He, I've listened to some of his press conferences. I've, I've, well, not really listen. I've read the headlines. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to. I skim. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't have time to 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 commit to listening to anything over thirty seconds. But with the new owner, you know they're going to want to put their stamp on the team. On, uh, you know, as they as they see fit. They uh, they got the, they got some pitching. They got some pitching. They need some offense. Pete Alonso is one man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, I think it would make a big splash. It would put them back on the map because, boy, are they, you know, the red, red-headed stepchild, so to speak, in New York. And I, I think Mets fans would absolutely love a statement trade of this magnitude. Yeah. Yep. With that being said, I think the Mets, and this is just my opinion— I think the Mets would give you the most because I think they would feel very confident in their ability to sign Lindor long-term. And I think ultimately that's what you're going to have to leverage in order to get a haul back for Lindor. Because we've all mentioned at one point or another, whether it be the Dodgers, just the one-for-one with Lux. I think the Mets would be desperate enough to give you some pieces and parts. Yep. I got... I got my my dream scenario. Let me start there, and I got some other names that I can toss in. But I want I would ask for Jimenez. They're they're one of their young short stops, Smith, oh, and then baby. one of their top prospects, uh, Batty. He's a he's a third baseman. Okay, that's what I that's that's my starting point. Um, okay, I think Rosario, another one of their short stops, uh, yep. could be had. I think McNeil and Nimmo. Uh, you know, some outfield uh, position versatility type dudes uh, would also be interesting. But those two guys are a little bit older, like we kind of discussed with the Blue Jays, and doesn't excite me as much as getting Smith in the deal because Smith, to me, Dominic Smith, seems like he is the second coming of Carlos Santana, maybe with a better batting average. Yeah, kid walks, gets on base, hits home runs. Seems to play a pretty decent yep. first base. Uh, a little undersized for first base, too. So he played the outfield um, too. And he, yeah, and, he, and and he brings some versatility too. So I mean, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I fall in love with that trade because you are getting kind of that haul back, and it's not just that that one straight up. Boy, I hope this guy pans out and is everything that we hope he is. It's giving you multiple shots, so to speak, and it's the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Fabs. Um, all right. My number one is also the Mets. Um, <laughs> they. Huh. Yeah. They. I'm expecting. I'm, I'm kind of. 
There's a theme, it seems. <laughs> so th- this is like such a Mets move to uh, basically chase the headline guy. You know, they did this. With, they do this all the time with with their free agent signings, where instead of just building the team up. They're just like, okay, well, if we can get the guy, because they have some great starting pitching that never seems to be healthy. Um, they need so- to pair somebody with Alonzo. He's he's rookie of the year two years ago. Um, he's going to be really great. He is really great. Lindor would fit in pretty well there. And they have the money. Uh, and I agree with you. I think we get the best collection of prospects back. Uh, my, my deal also involves two of the guys you talked about, uh, uh, Jimenez and Dominic Smith. I, I mean, I would love Dominic Smith. He would fit right in and right field that solves a major hole that we have, um, gives you another guy who can hit, which was something we always need. Uh, Jimenez, maybe starting next year, probably maybe at the all-star break or after in the second half of the season, but probably 2022. He's like kind of that top prospect you're going for Smith said, dude, like, so in this deal, you're basically, even if you only had those two guys in a throwing guy, you're basically getting a top prospect to replace Lindor. Um, and then you're getting a dude who's going to get you 25 to 30 home runs. Also the Mets field is a super pitcher friendly stadium. The Indians stadium is much smaller than, than the Mets stadium. So he's probably going to add a couple more home runs, uh, to his, uh, Smith. Well, uh, uh, season to season. So, I mean, and then I, I put in a, just a name, Joshua Cornielli, who's a, who's a pitching prospect, uh, who's pretty good. He has a good arm, uh, but that's probably a two to three to four year project there. Uh, just with how stacked the Indians are at pitching. But yeah, I mean, you can basically plug and play any, any th- prospect in that third spot. But if I get uh Jimenez and Smith, I'm super happy. Anything else is just kind of uh, the cherry on top. I, I mean, I think I, I agree. I think the Mets, uh, the they need a guy like Lindor to um, give them an identity uh, in a division where it's just like they can finish second in their division pretty easily. And they actually made a slight playoff run this year, even though they weren't good. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and if they expand the playoffs, which I'm praying they do, because that I think that will that will help the Indians. If they expand the playoffs, one, it will, it will help the Indians for obvious reasons because it gives them a better chance to make it. But also teams might see it and be like, oh, like Lindor is the piece we need to make that playoff run so I don't get fired after three years of mediocrity as a manager. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think that could also entice them. For a team like the Mets, that is just like written all over it. It's like Lindor is what we need. And then they end up, 30 games under 500. So, but I'll take their, I'll take their players. Uh, okay. On that note, uh, my number one is the shocker, the New York Mets. So <laughs> well, I was really, I, I, for a second, I thought you were going to say the San Francisco giants or the Mariners. <laughs> Mariners Dark the Marlins. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the thing about the Mets aside from the fact that they're desperate to make a splash and like be relevant is Dominic Smith to me is the, is of everybody we've talked about the most obvious Mm. fit in a trade. It's it's, he serves, he's 25. He's got power. He is, fills the absolute biggest need that we have. And you can plug him in right away and feel good about it. Like there's no other frame of race. He can play more positions. He's like, great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can play a position. 
Yeah, so. I'll also say that I'll also add this: he really doesn't have a position there in New York, especially if the DH goes away this year. So yeah. that's another thing. So Smith only, yeah, only got his breakout because of that. Also, another guy without a position right now there is Ahmed Rosario. So what I would do in my dream scenario with the Mets is, and you might be able to pull this off, is Dominic Smith, Rosario to fill the gap for now, and you see if you can snag Ronnie Maurizio, their 19-year-old number one prospect. He's a shortstop. He's 19. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with this guy? But just be like, look, if you want to try and contend now, what do you care about this 19-year-old shortstop? Give him to us. Like, he's seven years, he's, he's four to six, seven years away from being like a, a legit influence on the team. So uh, I know the Mets are going to be real active in free agency. I could see them making the trade for Lindor and signing like George Springer. And suddenly now you've got just like this bonkers ass. That, I mean, that's, a, that's a fun team then. I I mean, and like, yeah, yeah, it could happen. I mean, it really, they're going to be active. Like they want to make a splash. And I think you can make it because you're not, I think Jeff Nick Neal, Jeff McGill is like off the table. Cause I don't think you trade a guy who's a career 300 hitter. Like it's just not going to happen. It would be sweet if we were just like, give us Dominic Smith and Jeff McNeil and you've got it. I would, I would, like, I would shit my pants and wake up like a week later. <laughs> it would it'd be but, awesome. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, Here's that would Noah be Syndergaard, too. <laughs> oh, no. Through like a clerical error, they accidentally <laughs> traded to us. So they had the same guy out there running their fax machine that was in, in the, the Browns front office a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I think, that, I mean, you know, aside from the fact that it's fun to just dunk on the Mets, I think they actually do pose the best. It, it's the win win. It's the most win win situation for both teams, and the Mets have a lot of assets that actually fit what the Indians are looking for. Um, you could you could get guys that are major league talent now uh, who would fit your team and contribute right away, and then also, it I mean might be a pipe dream to say like Maurizio, but they've got young talent that you could potentially use to supplement the system because like the Indians farm system is coming up fast. It's good. They got a, got a lot of good young talent and the more you can supplement that, the better, because that's, what's going to keep this run going. So, uh, yeah. So I think we were all in agreement about the Mets. I think that was our number one. It was our consensus. Number one. Uh, it's almost the most, it's, it's almost so plainly obvious that it's not going to happen. Honestly, <laughs> but, it's going to be some, what, do, do you guys have like a, a left field team where you would just be like shot, like completely Lord. just flabbergasted. Something that's still realistic. Like the Marlins, obviously, it's like not realistic, but the Brewers. Ooh, that's, Ooh. A, that's a good one. Because they love. I mean, the, the only reason I think of them be, because the oh, well, they just signed Yelich, so I don't know if they'd be like have the balls to have two dudes just like <laughs> max deals, basically, but. They seem to be willing to throw it around. They they like throwing their dick on the table. <laughs> I was going to say, it probably started out for me as the Blue Jays. For a lot of the reasons, I was like, I just wasn't happy with their prospects, and I really don't think that there's a match there. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts. But then I was rooting more and more, and it, it makes sense for them to make the trade. But So, I mean, that's why I tossed them on my list. But as far as one that I left off, I'm kind of thinking the Reds. I know Steve had him on there on his That's list. That's a good one. 
And Steve, you brought up a ton of great points of why the Reds make the deal. But I kind of struggled in reviewing what they could offer us that there wasn't right. much of a fit there. Yeah, nothing excites of, me all that much. Yeah. Nothing really excites me. I don't really want Senzel. I mean, it seems like no. they've soured on him pretty quickly down there. And, I mean, what I have seen of him out, like, I mean, the kid was a shortstop, and now he's, they're sticking him out in center field just to get him at bats because they, they're picking up, you know, Iglesias on, you know, a one-year deal and sticking him at shortstop and dude raked, you know? So, yeah. You know, I I wasn't really a fan of what Senzel was bringing to the table. So, I guess my if I had to pick a dark horse, yeah, it'd probably be Cincinnati because they're desperate to make that jump, like you said, Steve. Yep. All right, well, uh, what's your dark horse? Um. So I think my dark horse is a team we've done deals with, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the fit is. Like I don't know where how you how you navigate this, uh, the Padres. Yeah, right. Like like I I just feel like the Padres make a lot of sense because he gives them a third star player for their their uh, their lineup, but there's not a position for like there's where do you put him? Because you have Tatis at short. Like I don't know if he'd ever be willing to switch a position either. Yeah, that's what's hard. But like, I feel like the only reason I say the Padres is a dark horse is because they got that taste, that num 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 taste of the postseason for the first time in like forever. And the Dodgers just look so good. And they're probably right there with the Braves as the other team that's going to compete against the Dodgers. And they, they might do something funky to add another star player. It's just the reason they're such a dark horse is like there's not an obvious position fit for. Uh, because of the guys they have, like you can't do third either, um, um, because of uh, Machado. So it's just right. like I, I, I don't know how you do it, but I could see them trying to make it work um, because they have the money too. Like they, they could sign him long term, um, and they have pretty decent prospects. We've done deals with them. They have in the good past. system, yeah, yeah, they, they do. Have a good system. So I mean, I would, I would love to get some more guys from their system. I just that's why they'd be such a dark horse. It's like there isn't a fit, but you. I don't know. Shift Tatis <laughs> to second. Yeah, you could you could move Tatis to second. I, I I mean that's the only way I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean that'd be sick, dude. That'd be sick. That that infield would be insane, even with oh Eric Hosmer God. at first. Like that would be the right? most incredible infield. Oh, you could. That'd be the you most stick fun one team. of those cardboard cutouts over at first base. I know. That'd be the most fun team, though. Like they yeah. just like so much fun, youthful excitement with how they play the game. It's just Tony LaRusso's like nightmare. <laughs> like he would just hate. Well, like I hate San Diego. They're having too much fun. They're flipping bats. Um, but <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, I, that would. I mean, be it's my not bet. out of the question. But Steve, I like you. I mean, I love. I love the Reds call. Like I think, I just think that's they just seem like a team that wants to with their division that wants right. to take that next step. Uh, but I think it relies on like re-signing Trevor Bauer, which I don't know yeah. if they can do. No one knows what's going on there. Dude. I, I, mean, I really, I really think he wants to go to a big market. Yeah. I, I mean, think he wants San to go Diego, to a maybe. top. Yeah. I mean, Hey, he gets the team back up with uh, his, uh, his, his Clef, buddy. Yeah. 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 I could actually his see buddy. that. I could actually see that actually see happening that very easily. Yeah. 
I'm just going to say San Diego for all of my answers going forward. San Diego. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have been wrong very much in the last yeah. like two years. So, um, when we, all right. When we inevitably pick a second team to start following and, and talking about, let's pick San Diego. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm in. I'm on board. Once now that they've got the the new look, the new old look. Oh, it's so gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that is our. If you've made it this far and you're still emotionally intact, God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> thank good on you. you. You thank you. You're. I don't know. How, you know, when the day actually comes, I feel like you might be better prepared. You might be a little more ready. Um, you're gonna have a lot of emotions swirling around. It's gonna be a dark day for everybody, but we're all gonna get through it. I uh, hope we'll one there. of us called it exactly right. That'd be super fun. That would be sweet. That would be amazing. First of all, and and hey. I want to under. What? I would hope us almost somebody lowball what we get in return. Right. <laughs> Five well, minutes prospects. The hall of the century. Um, <laughs> do you guys have a date before before we wrap this up? Do you guys have okay. a date uh, for our wedding? <laughs> <laughs> we eloped. <laughs> oh, um, gift is in the mail. <laughs> Just cash oh, in an envelope. Oh, okay. Um, so wait, I know the schedule is a little wonky. When do uh, winter meetings start? Do you guys have those dates? Um, it's early December, right? Yes, I believe so. All virtual. Okay, yes. my, I'm going to guess. Let me let me look at my. I calendar think by Christmas. Christmas. By Christmas. I would say by, by Christmas. Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That would be my, my guess. I think the is, Indians want this done. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they want to know what they have going into spring training, like early, early. Uh, my guess is uh, by Friday, uh, the 18th of December. I think I'm going to say the trade will be announced on the 16th of December. Book it. It's oddly specific. Let's go, baby. I don't have a specific date, but I I do think that having it locked up. Before the new year, is is very possible, I, and I I really think that it's going to kind of set the tone for potentially free agency in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean it's going to be an interesting. Uh, at least with us, agency. it will. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean. yeah, right. Ooh, that, well, we've got to. We'll definitely be doing our free agency preview, which could be a very short show. <laughs> so, uh, new one. <laughs> Five minutes of like what trash heap, <laughs> like minor league invites can we get Andres Galarraga's back baby <laughs> his nephew's this is, cousin <laughs> there's this guy who's coming over from the Taiwanese league he's a relief pitcher things didn't get a minor league invite the Giants yeah, very exciting. not those ones <laughs> <laughs> all right uh Thank you for listening. Uh, for the love of God, brace yourself because this day is coming. Hopefully this helped prepare you. Um, check us out when the trade happens because we'll be there talking about it. And uh, subscribe, rate us, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.